Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And as free agency finally seems to have slowed down to a bit of a trickle, we figured it was time to take a look not just at the Avs, but at the rest of the Central Division. How the Avs' main opponents in the regular season, well, let's be honest, AJ, none of them really got better, did they? Yeah, and I think that this is going to be even more important with uh, a shortened season. We're going to have a division-heavy schedule, uh, certainly like a West-heavy schedule where there probably won't be a lot of travel out East. Um, so I think that this is it's an even more important offseason for <clears throat> taking a look around and seeing what uh, what the Central Division got going on. I do have to say that uh, that opening song gave me serious Castlevania vibes <laughs> with a bit version. Yeah, I I felt like I was like roaming through with the whip. <laughs> well, killing yeah. bats and stuff. I guess, I guess I guess Castlevania is pretty Slayer. That's true. Uh, yeah, no arguments there. Uh, okay, so let's start with the team that isn't technically in the central division yet, AJ, the Arizona coyotes, they will be joining the central division very soon, not next season, but get used to it because they're coming. Um, out of all the teams in, in the central division, they may have done the least. Uh, they made no real trades and their biggest signing so far has been Johan Larson to a two year, $1.4 million <laughs> deal. A, a deal that doesn't even make sense for them. Yep. Um, that and the Tyler Pitlick deal. Yep. They just don't... Like, Arizona needs to be adding talent. You know? Yeah. Like, they, they need to be... They, they need to be bulking up. They need to be trying to get better. This They're not in a position to be like... Oh, we're gonna have a really effective third or fourth line and watch us go because it's gonna be like, who cares? I mean, part of their problem is that they couldn't move anything out, right? There was all the talk about Ekman Larson getting moved out. He stayed. Yeah. There's all this talk about Derek mm. Stepan on the last year of his deal. He stayed. Mm-hmm. So they're I less than two million. Yeah, they're less than two million away from the cap with these minor signings that they've made in free agency. And it just doesn't look pretty. Yeah, they haven't done anything. And, you know, I was I was kind of surprised that they haven't been able to move the HOSA contract. Yeah. Um, One million dollars in salary. Five uh, counting against five million against the cap. And you would think that that's Eugene Melnick would have been prioritized getting Arizona. But. They, I mean, they haven't they haven't been able to do anything. I'm, I'm a little shocked, honestly, that they managed to get two guys to say yes to deal to, come, to, to, to playing for them. Yeah, I, if, if you were a free agent and you were looking at this market right now, that's probably not a place that you want to be going. Nope. It ended so poorly, and then things got toxic immediately. The owner misses bonus payments, which is one of those things where it's like. Lose a no. lot of faith real quick. <laughs> Players and agents are going to let everybody else know coming in, like, "Hey, yep. this is this was this this just happened." Yep. Um, you know, this was an an owner who hasn't been owner for very long, 
who was turned down by the NBA because they were worried about cash flow problems. Yep. And it's already rearing its head. And like, obviously pandemic is going to make life harder for a lot of people, but you know, it's, it's just, it's created a toxic situation in Arizona already. And, Every time they get an owner who's like, we're going to spend money, we're going to invest, we're going to do this. It all seems to fall apart on them. Oh, just doesn't seem to work out. So, and I'm looking at their roster. They have 12 forwards signed. They have seven defensemen, eight defensemen even signed. uh, Two goalies as well. So, it's not like they have a ton of roster room either. The only way they can get better is by moving pieces out. Yeah, and and boy, they're set to lose their entire defense. Yep. Next off season. Yep. Five uh, of their their defense are unrestricted free agents next year. So yeah, all they've got are Ekman, Larson, and Chikrin. Like, and of their defense, those are the right guys to have signed. <laughs> but still, man, it's I they they've done nothing. Um, I, I, there's so little faith that they're going to be even competitive. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, but they're not in the <clears> central <throat> division yet. We'll see, yeah, how things shake out with the way the NHL wants to run their regular season this year. But yeah, just uh, worth keeping an eye on because this is their last season in the Pacific. They will be moving over into the central. That's why we decided to include them. As did they do anything? I mean, I guess. I guess Tyler Pitlick is coming. Johan Larson is coming uh, to the Central. So, wahoo! Um, maybe uh, one a little bit more relevant to the Abs. Then let's take a look at Chicago. Uh, obviously, Abs already know the Zadorov for Sod trade, a big part of their offseason. One that uh, everyone's siding with the Abs on pretty quickly. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> How can you not? What is until you see what Zadorov's role is expected to be there? Um, this just seems an obvious one to me. Uh, yep. the, the, that defense continues to be bad, and they went and they got a wildly inconsistent player. And at this point, all they've done is they gave him his his qualifying offer. They didn't yeah. commit to him long term or anything yet. So yeah, and they've got one year. Uh, he's an RFA again next season. Um, that'll be his last year of RFA before he's a UFA. So they get to they get to find out how they feel about Nikita Zadorov as a Chicago Blackhawk. Yep. Um. Yeah. Beyond him, I mean, they took care of some in-house business, giving Kubalik two years. But beyond that, their only other real significant <clears throat> signing was Matthias Yanmark on a one-year deal. Yeah, that was the guy that we didn't... There was a lot of smoke on the opening of free agency. Like, yep. Colorado's going after this guy, and Toronto's going after this guy. There were like five teams connected to him. Four days passed, and his name doesn't even get mentioned again, and then he just quietly signs in Chicago <laughs> for one year. Yeah, Yeah, it's... <clears throat> Honestly, that seems like the case for a lot of guys, especially yeah. in that middle class this, this yeah. offseason. Yeah, where... those those bottom six forwards really got the hammer dropped on them. Yep. Um, I will that that Kubali contract has the potential to be fantastic. Yeah, if he you know 
keeps it up. He's a 30-goal scorer again these next two years. Yeah, and he was great for them in the playoffs, too. Well, he was great for them against Edmonton. He was nothing in... I mean, uh, against Vegas, the Blackhawks were nothing against Vegas, kind of. So, right, but like they're they are an offense first team at this point, and yeah. that guy was a big part of it. And he's got a he just didn't do anything. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm not gonna not gonna argue on that one. My problem here is you got rid of Brandon Sod for Nikita Zadorov. Does that make their defense better than it was? Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. But. Then you go out and get Matthias Yanmark. You definitely lost something on the offensive side if you're sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brandon Saad to Matthias Yanmark is a loss up front, and Nikita Zadorov for nothing is a is a gain on the back end. Where they really lost is that Corey Crawford left, and their goalies are a combination yeah. of Colin Delia. is your starter right now. Malcolm Subban and this guy Kevin Lankinen, who they apparently really like but has no NHL experience. Right. And like, okay. (laughs) He's got, he's got a couple of seasons uh, in the AHL, Um, 40 whole games played in the, in the AHL and with, with they're okay results. They're not great. They're not bad. We're just going to see the the organization likes him and they want to roll the dice and see what they have with them. Great. It's your organization. They already know Delia and Subban are at best, nothing special in the NHL. Definitely. Those are both backups, which is why they both have hard backup contracts, right? Hard backup, variable contracts. You're asking a team who is still going to play offense first. You're asking that goalie to backstop them to winning games like five to four, basically. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, they're they're banking on Kane continuing to do his thing, Taves being able to being fine, to Brinkett um having a little bit of a bounce back now that he's on his expensive bridge, uh Kubalik to do his thing, and then a step forward from Kirby Doc. Because they they need to be a dominant offensive team to be competitive. Yep. They still do need to sign Dylan Strom. They have the cap space. It shouldn't be a big deal. It's just a little bit more work that they have to do. Um, Yeah. I, again, this is a team that just, it doesn't feel like they got much better if they got better at all. Yeah. This is the, I mean, they were the 12th seed in the West and you cannot make a strong argument that they are, legitimately better today that's uh, oh i forgot they did yeah. move out Olimata. I, I totally say, i forgot as well because Olimata is also better than nikita zadorov so and they basically gave him away for brad morrison yeah which i mean that's one of those guys where you're like are you sure that that's a real person <laughs> he had 20 points in 50 ahl games last year when he wasn't playing in the echl it's such a it's it's such a witness protection style name. Man, they even retained on Mata. So yeah. I wonder how they came to that total. That's crazy. Zadorov with the retention on Mata is essentially the same price. They didn't even save any money. Yeah. I mean, I'm 
There's been a lot of hate sent Stan Bowman's way, and I think it's all justified. Warranted. Like, you know, I will say though, man, I I think they've got a decent a decent player in Dylan Strom. Like, I think he, he's a decent player too. He's blossomed is, there, but is he ever going to live up to third overall from no. an all time great draft? No, not a chance. But there's no I, way Cam makes their lineup this year. He'll be in the AHL, but yeah, he and he and Brad can literally fight it out for best Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) Why do they have any other real graduations? Let's see. I can't imagine. It it really kind of. I mean, they signed uh, Pia Suter to come over from the NLA, and that was the guy that I had loved for years, and was like, ah. I even talked about him on this podcast, and then for some reason, he came across the pond and was like, I'm going to sign in Chicago. And it's like, God, why do all these guys sign in Chicago? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I guess they could play Anton Lindholm in the NHL, but. It's not really a graduation. I mean, yeah. they. what's what's Nick Bowden up to? Yeah. You know, he played, he played a bunch of games in the AHL last year. He played his one game in the NHL. Maybe they're looking at playing him, but oh, I do you remember Chad Chris? Do you remember all the hype around that guy when he was drafted? <laughs> and he was he was coming out of the the uh, development program, and he was like, oh, he's this super small puck mover and all that. And then it's like he's been like, okay, there were so many D on that NTTP team that were overrated, man. Anyway. Uh, without getting too far off topic, uh, we do need to take our first break here. Uh, BK Abs, we use a program called StreamYard. Probably not great if you're looking for film screening, but it works nice for uh, talking about podcasts. Anyway, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Their new beer, the Palisade Peach Wheat, is delicious. It's true Colorado style. If you haven't had Palisade Peaches and you're living in Colorado, well, you're just doing it wrong at this point. That's just a fact. And now you can get it in a delicious beer as well. That's not your style. They have a beer for everyone, whether it be down at the farmhouse or over at the DNVR bar on tap, or even in a local liquor store near you. Use the DNVR beer locator or rather Breckenridge Brew beer locator to find whatever type of beer you're looking for. And of course, WGT golf, our favorite online golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled. If you won the DNVR major, uh, we need to find you to pay you money. Yeah. If you're one of our top three, uh, top three, I believe we owe you stuff. So, if so you, that is, uh, if you are any of Nick Denver, Jason J. Lunn, or UK Bronco 76, you yeah. got to get in touch with us. We need to give you your prizes. Yeah, so. we're trying to give you money. <laughs> so let us know where you're at so we can uh, we can give you what you guys earned in our last payout tournament. And if you haven't joined, be sure to jump in. Go to dnvrgolf.com and search for DNVR3 to join our third clubhouse and get your chance to win some cool stuff in our tournaments in the future. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. 
Let's just keep on moving down the line here. Next up in the Central Division, we'll skip the Avs because, you know, we've talked about them a lot. But you have the Dallas Stars. Uh, obviously went to the Stanley Cup Finals and came up a little bit short. We talked about them a little bit before. Expectations were they might try and keep the band together to make another run at this if they did lose in the finals. They brought back Kudobin. They gave Faxa and RFA a significant extension as well. Kept Sekera around. A lot of a lot of just trying to keep it together. Yeah, and I guess when you come within two games of winning the Stanley Cup, you can make the argument of why not just run it back. You can make that argument. I, I'm not going to agree with it, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> like it's a, you give a nice raise to the guy that got you there uh, in Anton Kudobin. You're now paying, you know, eight million dollars and yep. to your to your goaltending tandem. That's fine. You're still paying four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Val Nachushkin to play for your division rival. Yep. So, good call. Um, you know, Pissick wasn't bad. He's fine. Yeah, that's true. The added depth defenseman there. <clears throat> but it's like all the positions to add depth to. That was that was the one that they it's, Okay. Right. They already had Klingberg, Lindell, <laughs> Haskinen. They had brought back Sekera at that point. Yeah. Um They've got RFA deals for Rupe Hintz and Dennis Gurionov that they with, need to figure out. With a little less than seven million in cap space left. And both of that, those guys should take that. They should chew that up easily. Yep. Kurianov especially is going to. Oh, when did Roddick Fox get this deal? A couple days ago. October 11th. He got a five-year deal. Yep. They gave that dude five years? Yep. At three and a quarter, though. It's not like it's crazy expensive. With a modified no-trade clause. Yeah, I mean, five teams. Yeah, I mean, five teams is obviously no big deal, but, like, you have a... Okay. I mean, this is kind of like the comp for contract last year. It is. Except he's older. This actually takes... Four years in his 30s. Yep. Cool, dude. Whatever. I I think... I think Jim Dill sucks. I think... (laughs) I, I think... I think Dallas is just poorly constructed... I don't I don't think they're very good and I will I will continue to eat crow every time they go out and they win games and make me look like an idiot. I mean, this is uh we were talking off air the other day and everyone in the conversation agreed run back that playoff series and the Avs will take it 10 times out of 10. I mean, I if I could guarantee right now that the Avs got Dallas in the second round again, I would take it. Diaz would happily play that series back, assuming a little bit more health. <laughs> Honestly, even without a little bit more health, there's a decent chance they can win it. But getting a little bit uh, out yeah, of the one territory there. That's just that's just uh, look. That's how, that's how I feel about Dallas. Um, you Same. you can disagree. You can think that the Stars have some magical elixir that they know how to beat the Abs. Ooh, they got the voodoo. Um, I'm, I, I got a funny feeling it's probably just a one year thing where, you know, people want to try and combine the regular season with the postseason, despite there being a six month break between the two. Um, whatever. Um, I'm 
I I don't I don't think that uh, I like I like I like Colorado's chances against Dallas. I don't think that this. I I don't think it was physicality. Uh, I think they Colorado got an eight sixty two goaltender yep. through the first five games, and if the Yavs get nine hundred goaltending, they're up three one in that series, and they put it yeah. away basically through the first four games. I'm sorry, and. I I would 100% take my chances with Philip Grubauer against Dallas in that playoff series again. Yep. You know, now uh, totally fair if Ben Bishop is healthy and he's like Ben Bishop again, that he's the Different great equalizer. Story. Yeah, for sure. He's the great equalizer. But, but Anton, you, Ben Bishop to be healthy is a choice. You give me Anton Kudobin not even having a 900 save percentage again. Um. Yeah. Take Colorado's chances. I yeah. just will. For sure. Uh, all right. Next up, as we continue down the list here, because Dallas didn't make any trades either. So Yeah, and this is kind of this is kind of the theme of the central so far, is that just haven't done much. Yep. Well, Minnesota has done some stuff. <clears throat> They're arguably the most active team. Uh, in, I, I in think so. The, yeah, the division probably because Colorado was active in the trade market, but they didn't sign any free agents. Right, but it, and it was really just it was just two trades. Yep. So, it, probably the most active. Um, first of all, in the trade market, uh, obviously they they moved Dubnik. They also moved out um, <clears throat> Luke Coonan for Nick Benino. Uh, a bunch of pick trades as well. So. And and that's right, Donato went to the Sharks as well. And then yeah. even a little bit earlier in, in the offseason, they did the stall for Johansson swap. Yeah. So Yeah. So a lot of a lot of, you know, the Bukestad. Um they went and got Bukestad, they got rid of they got rid of Stahl. They got rid of Donato, they got rid of Dubnik, and they got rid of Cunning. The only Okay, I, and they got Benino. Look, you move out Dubnik, you move out Donato. Whatever. You're you're screaming like we're just gonna dump a bunch of stuff and tank here. But then you trade Kunin, one of your younger players. You do have to sign him, but you trade him for Nick Benino. Yeah. And like Nick Benino coming off of career year, Nick Benino. Yep. Where his value is gonna be at its highest. Yep. And it's like, okay, he's thirty two years old and he's one year from free agency. The once again, how does this help you? Like, yes, it gives you a body to put at center, apparently along with Marcus Johansson, that you're <laughs> you're trying to make work. But is he your number one C? Did he just go from the third third line center in Nashville to the first line center in Minnesota? It certainly seems like it. They haven't gone out and gotten a, a top end C in free agency or anything. So right, because right now it's like Erickson Eck. Um, I guess if they wanted to put Bukestad back at center, they could put Bukestad back at center. Uh, Benino Johansson. Yeah, that's their that's their down the middle. Well, not great, not a great look in any sense of the word. Is this is this the be a GM mode where you just get really drunk and you actually can't read the numbers on the screen when you start making trades and their big offseason signings weren't forwards. They went out and got Cam Talbot to replace Devin Dubnik. 
<laughs> and then on the defensive side, they uh, they extended Carson Susie for three years. Had a great draft, though. They did. Uh, their draft was great, but Rossi and Kuznetinov. <laughs> that doesn't matter for them at all in this coming season, does it? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you think they throw <clears throat> Rossi to the Wolves? We're talking about they don't have any centers. Yeah, maybe. Rossi's a bit. Maybe Rossi and Kuznetinov are their one and two C's. Maybe that was their answer. <laughs> oh, I, I'm excited to play Minnesota either way. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I don't know that Zach Parise is going to be quite as yappy as he has been in previous years. Because when it's when it's four nothing at the end of the first period, and it's like. Hmm. Y'all at the bottom of the standings. You sure you want to start talking, Zach? I wonder you know. how Zuccarello feels about that contract right about now. Yeah, he's probably wishing he was a little more human and a little less lizard. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Uh, they Wild have, at the end of the 21 season, they have four UFAs and four RFAs in their forward core that they have to sign. Yeah. So they left themselves a lot of work to do next year as well. It's interesting because like, we're looking at this roster and like, we're like, right. Like right now, I feel like this is just the dunk contest in the NBA all-star game a little bit. Yeah. And like, we're, we're not taking these guys seriously whatsoever, but you can see the path for them to turn it, to, to flip all of this, you know, Johansson Bonino, they all, they all leave, you know, Marcus Foligno, um, Nick Bukestad, those guys can all leave as UFAs. I, I totally see the path. They just have to go through the nuclear winter first. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing. And like, but if you're going to have a nuclear winter, kind of like when Colorado picked first overall in 2013, do it in a shortened season. Yeah, none of true. us. That's true. None yeah. of us ever talk about like the pain of the 2013 <laughs> season because it was, it was over 48 fast enough. games. <laughs> It was over in the blink of an eye, and they finished second to last. None of us gave a shit. They won the lottery, jumped up to one, and took McKinnon, and we were like, eh, cool. All right. But it feels every one of us remembers what it was like crawling bare-ass naked through a field of broken glass to get to the Kale McCarr draft. The pain of that season was only beginning at game 48. (laughs) Oh, my God. No kidding, man. (laughs) So no kidding. It was, it was, it was awful, dude, but like they're set up because you look like Kevin Fiala just had the year that Nashville waited for. Yep. Like he just had the big breakout that they'd been waiting for. Um, They finally got Kirill Kaprizov to come across from Russia. Yep. Like that they've got Matt Boldy. They've got, now they've got Kuznodinov. They've got Marco Rossi. Like, the next wave is coming very yeah. quietly. They've got some dudes who are coming uh, for, for, for that roster. So like we need to, I'm just saying I, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to turn around and all be all stars and that every one of those guys is going to hit and be at their highest level or whatever. Right. But very quietly, they've got some dudes who are on the way and they're going to be bad again this year. This next this next draft class is going to be very D heavy, so they're set up to replace Matt Dumbo, whom they're going to have to trade before the expansion draft because all their NMCs leave him as the odd man out. Yep. Or but, I mean, they just honestly they probably could just go four and four. 
Yeah, they might they might get away with four and four. I think yes, Connor. Uh, the expectation is you'll probably see Johansson, Benino, probably even uh, Felino and Bugstad shopped heavily at the deadline this year. They could they could shop other young guys too. They could shop an Erickson Eck. They could shop yeah. a, a Ryan Hartman, Hartman for sure. Could be shopped. <clears throat> yep. Ryan Hartman is is exactly that kind of sandpapery. You know, turbo asshole that teams love to get at the deadline to went for a first round pick once upon a time <laughs> to amp themselves up. But Hartman is also a guy where you have to you have to wonder like, is there something wrong with him? Yeah, because he got drafted by his hometown team, who then sent him to Nashville. Nashville kept him for exactly a year. They got him at the deadline. They moved him at the next deadline. To Philly, and Philly was like, we're good. Sometimes and, when you're a turbo asshole, you can't direct it enough. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, the, the funny thing is, is about those guys is that a lot of them, you hear about how they're the nicest guys off the ice. It turn, if, if you can't turn it off off the ice, like, yeah. locker rooms don't want you in them. Yep. So. Yeah, and that's that's just me probably taking an unfair shot at somebody that I don't know personally in any way whatsoever. Um, But you do like when you're looking at it, like these are the guys that you try and pry out of there. Nobody's going to try and take the Parise or Zuccarello deal off their hands unless it is like the Parise for Andrew Ladd conversation because the Islanders can't afford to have an Andrew Ladd that just isn't in the NHL. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. Minnesota. I'm LOL I'm, for now, but I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna ride the LOL train until they prove otherwise. <clears throat> Fair uh, enough. Next up, St. Louis Blues. Uh We're skipping I'll, Nashville. Yeah, we can we can do Nashville. That's fine. I, I was just do I was just going in alphabetical. Yeah, order. so was I, and I just didn't think about it. Went straight to St. Louis. Nashville Predators. Uh not crazy active obviously they they picked up Kunin from abusing the wild other than that they shipped out austin watson for a pick and that's about it uh on the free agent market they didn't have a ton of money to play with they basically went out and got two bottom pairing defensemen and matt benning and mark borbietsky that's so I guess and they, they kept up Jared Tenorti. They kept Jared Tenorti. They picked up old man Brad Richardson. Cool. Not any. They didn't make any moves where you're going. Wow, they made themselves better. Yeah. Um, again, got rid of Benino, who was very effective for them last year for Cunning, who's a decent young player. Um, they got Nick Cousins, who is a very very good bottom six player. Brad Richardson, same thing, like a good. Guys still finding ways, but the, these are depth moves. And they left themselves in this weird spot. <clears throat> now, to be fair, there's a good chance their free agency isn't done. Yeah, this is a prime landing spot for Mike Hoffman, right? Well, it is, but I think Mike Hoffman was like their plan C or plan D, as they didn't yeah. get Taylor Hall. They didn't get Tyler Toffoli. And they left themselves at one point it was like fourteen million. It's down to thirteen million in cap space. Yes, they have to sign Kunin, uh, Fabro, and Tenorti. Or no, they already signed Tenorti. Sorry, they have to sign Kunin to s- this year, and they'll have to sign Fabro next year. Yeah, um, but and Soros next year. But that's it. That none of those guys are going to get 
big raises. So they have 13 million just sitting around right now. Seems like they kind of miss their guy. That's all I'm saying. And that and they also might have been one of the internal cap teams. You know, we yeah, that's true. We, that's we true. don't talk about Nashville in the same terms as we do, like an Ottawa or a Winnipeg. But like, that's not a franchise that like they have to pick their spots to go for it. And it's just that over the last five years, we've become accustomed to it's their spot. Yep. But that's a team that just doesn't. They don't have KSE backing them. Not hella loaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's because, I mean, look, there isn't that many guys out there. They actively chose not to keep Granlin around, so he's not really a target for them. Yeah, you have Hoffman. I guess you could have the Gelchenia conversation if you wanted, but after that, the forwards left out there, you know, are they really going to be targeting a Carl Soderberg? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, like maybe, you know, maybe on a one-year deal. If they're desperate. They, they give they, Carl Soderberg the, hey, come replace Nick Benino for one for one year at a million dollars or something, right? Yeah, like, sure. The, the thing is, though, is that this, the big thing with Nashville is that the guys that they need to be successful, it's Ryan Johansson, Matt right. Shane, Philip Forsberg, Victor Arvidsson. It hasn't changed in four or five years. The guys that yeah. they need to, to break out and be a star in the league are the same dudes that they have been. The big the big change will be that they don't have that depth. They don't have Mikhail Granlund. They don't have Craig Smith. Yep. They like bought they, out Kyle Turris. They're going to need like and like those guys different levels of effective with the Preds, but replacing Kyle Turris with Brad Richardson is a loss for you. Yep. You know, Luke Cunning, we'll, we'll see. Like, I really like Luke Cunning in his draft year. Of course I did because Minnesota took him, <laughs> but he's only just been like, okay. Yep. Like he's, he's a solid young player. That doesn't really move the needle. He, you know, he he plays with some physicality. He's a tryhard. He's got a little bit of skill to him. I mean, he's an NHL player, but is that is that the guy that unlocks the rest of your roster? Probably not. Yeah, it just it just buoys you from completely bottoming out. You know, then then it's okay. Well, do any of their other young guys make the leap? Are you, you know, is are we finally going to get to see Eli Tolvanen do the thing? Yeah. Is I, Philip Tomasino going to make the make a jump here? I, Can I can't imagine they don't send him back to juniors, but you know, what about you know, coming off of a really productive college career? What happens with Patrick Harper, who was a 5th round pick that was really productive? Can can that guy can that guy push? You know, they've got some young guys where it's like, okay, well, What's next? Yeah. And until until some of these guys break in, like you need Matt Duchesne to be a star. You need Ryan Johansson to be a star. The reality is Matt Duchesne, you know, 42 points in 66 games last year. He was on he was on his way to a 50 point season, and that's all good and well, but for eight million dollars, it's nowhere near good enough. You're not getting value there. Definitely. You're getting not. Matt du- you're getting the Matt Duchesne that Colorado got for so many years where it was just like all right, like you're good, 
but you're not pushing this team to the next level. Yeah, you're not elevating, and if you're the best that we have to offer, then we're probably losing games against the really good teams. Yep. I just like when you look at when you look at the talent on Nashville's roster and you compare it to everyone else in the central on paper, Nashville, probably the second or third most talented team, even with, even with losing Craig Smith and even with losing Grandland off that top six. I mean, we and, talked and about Turris. this a ton last year. The, God, the talent hasn't done what it needs to do. Something yeah. is wrong in Nashville because it's not producing the way it should. Right. They've had one of they've had one of the best core defenses for a decade and they've done nothing with it. So, you know, it's it's hard to feel any any real way about the Preds because it's like you want to you want to guard against the fact that hey, at any time these guys could break out and be amazing again. True. Yep. But at some point, you know, it's got to be believe it when you see it. After right. A while. The, the shakeup has to be bigger because yeah. PK Subban for Matt Duchesne didn't do it. Now what? And, you know, all they've done is take a step back. I would say talent wise, the division right now, they, they're probably, I think they're third. And I think Winnipeg could honestly push them for fourth. Yeah. I, I agree. They're moving the wrong direction for sure. Yeah. That's a good um, way to put it. We're going to take our second period break here as Chevalier Mortgage, one of our newest sponsors, is in town. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they're proud CSU alums as well. And they've supported us at DNVR for a long time as members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. If you're wondering if rates are as good as you're hearing, you need to call them. There are some incredible rates right now. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. When you go to the website, you can sign yourself up to win a free DNVR shirt or hat and get a free consultation as well. They can save you hundreds to thousands of dollars a month in interest over the life of your loan. So, why not save a little bit of money and hit these two up? They can help you find whatever you need when it comes to the loan financing market and probably reduce or even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Again, be sure to hit these guys up at dnvrmortgage.com. You can hit up Mike or Virginia, whoever you prefer, and they will hook you up with everything you need to know with a free consultation at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Moving on to the St. Louis Blues this team is in kind of a weird spot, right? They won the cup two years ago. They, for the most part, were able to keep the band together until this off season, losing Alex Petrangelo. They, they're interesting because, you know, when they won the cup, we said, Hey, this is who their roster is. They're locked into these guys. Yep. When did they give Braden Shen that contract? Is that new? It's not super new. I must have just missed it because it was signed on October 4th of 2019. Anyway, um, 
this is like they're we we were we had talked about hey they all their guys are signed they they've already signed their whole forward core is good to go the only guy that they hadn't signed was Petrangelo we swap out Petrangelo for Tory Krug it's a downgrade like, it's a downgrade but like Tory Krug is really good in his own right so let's yeah. not you know the bottom didn't fall out here sure it's kind of it's kind of like um the opposite of Vegas going from Schmidt to Petrangelo. Yeah, I I would say it's the other direction for sure. Yeah, like very, very similar distance of move. Yep. Um, They're okay. Like, the you look at the talent on the team and they're solid-ish. Like, they're... They were never overwhelming in talent, but... I mean, they're have main- to... Their main problem is going to be the same one they had last year, and their best goal scorer in Tarasenko is not healthy. Yeah, and now you don't have Jake Allen. Yep. Um, and I know that that's kind of funny to say because for a long time we were like, Jake Allen, but that dude really helped them last year. Steadying presence as the secondary goalie for yeah. sure. And we talked about the Bennington conversation as well. Certainly he struggled in the second half of last year and he's ride or die. Now there is no other option for St. And into the postseason. Yep. And as of right now, you know, just this very moment, what we can see, I would expect them to go and get one of these veteran goaltenders that's still sitting out on the market somewhere. Yeah. But until they do, Ville Husso as a backup has to scare the shit out of you. You would think so. And you know, they went and they they signed John Gillies, but it's like if the expectation is that Tarasenko is gonna get healthy for them in the regular season, they have work to do because they only have a million in cap space. They still have to sign Vince Dunn. If they want to go out and get a goalie too, yeah, they're fine with Tarasenko on LTIR, but yeah. you know. Well well, and they currently have Steen there as well. Which, that Steen, had to be new. Steen might just be the old LTI retired. I think. Yeah, but. I think. I think it is too. The last year of his deal, and it's yeah, like, he's been there for such a long time, and it's like, okay, well, we don't want to buy you out. We'll pay you. The salary is lower this year. You know, it's a three point five salary. Yep. He hasn't. He hasn't been any good for them for a couple of years. Yep. Um. So it's like. Just go away, please. Because <laughs> that's where the Vince Dunn money is going to come from, is from Steen's LTIR. And, yep. you know, Ter- when Tarasenko comes back, that's, <clears throat> you know, whatever they have left over. They got to <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But, like, done, the Dunn contract will be important because right now they're they're locked into – their defense has three guys signed for four years, and that's Marco Scandella, Justin Falk, and Tori Krug. And that is not stellar. <laughs> yeah. And Pareko's a UFA. He's still he's signed for two years. So you're not too concerned about it. But, but he's gonna get paid when that two years is up. Right. And that's a lot of money to be locked into your defense when he's gonna get you know, Colton Pareko's gonna get a raise. Yep. So, 
it's they're teetering on the brink of, of what happens to teams after they win cups. Yeah, definitely. And, and like right now we talk about cost efficiency and how Colorado has to maximize that they are, they with David Perron having the seasons that he's had for them the last couple of years, he's had by, a yeah. 60 point season for $4 million. Yep. That's huge for them. Because they've got $5 million invested in Tyler Bozak for 30 <laughs> points. Yep. You know, like, that's they're, they are still a team that is very, like, has an identity. This is how they're going to beat you. They're going to beat you with all 12 forwards. For sure. They're going to, you know, Robert Thomas is their best young player. They get a, a good amount of scoring by committee. Yeah, definitely. And... We've talked like Ryan O'Reilly is not a high end one C. Yep. He's a, he's a picture perfect two C. But as a one C, you know, we we saw when they won the cup, they got the absolute best and in O'Reilly's career by a mile. They got the best. Yep. And it hasn't been close since. Yeah. And you know, he he continues to be really good for them. But Kind of like with Nashville, if that's the best you have to offer at that at the game's maybe the most important position of first line center. Yeah. Man. And now they lose on the back end. Like they always had Alex Petrangelo back there to steady them. And now you know, their best defenseman now is probably Colton Pareko, who part of what part of what made him amazing and so effective is that he could feast. They could they could they could pick matchups between Pareko and Petrangelo. They don't have that luxury anymore. Now yeah. now Pareko Pareko's got to eat all He's every 100% game. of the tough minutes now. Yeah. Yep. 100% of it cuz they don't have anybody else. Like you probably honestly they should probably go in with Pareko Krug and then Falk Scandella. <laughs> There you go, AJ. Your uh, your music pick paid off. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Blues again, and this is the trend we're starting to see. Every team except for Colorado and maybe Winnipeg, which we're about to get into here, is trending the wrong direction in the Central Division. So. It, it feels like it's pretty wide open for the Ebbs to step into the best team in the Central Division right now. Um, there's just way too many what-ifs there, Jeremy. There's no way you can extrapolate that accurately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving yeah, on. I would say probably not. Moving on to Winnipeg. Uh, most of their free agency moves were kind of just retaining what they have. They brought back DeMello. They brought back Beaulieu. They went out and got some some minor guys. They brought in Forbort. They brought in Exab, Dominic Toninato. But their big move was in the trade market where they go and reacquire Paul Stasny. Yeah. And they're not done. Um, they're going to move Roslovic somewhere for something. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably... I I would say that right now a Roslovic for Mackenzie Weger swap straight up with Florida makes the most sense. 
Sure. Find something so you don't have to start Luca freaking Spisa. Yeah, you definitely don't want to play Lucas Pizza. <laughs> that's just not that's not a guy that you actually want playing NHL minutes for you. Yeah. Did fun fact, did you know he was drafted with the Adam Foot pick? I did not know that. Yeah. When uh, the Avs traded that first rounder for to Columbus for foot. Yep. That ended up um that 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 ended up being Lucas Pizza. Being a defenseman who would kill for Adam Foot, half yeah. of Adam Foot, to be honest. And that that was a very close call to that being the Matt Duchesne pick going yep. to Columbus. Yep. That was a very, very close call. <laughs> so, so anyway, he, out of that rabbit hole. They have no cap space. That's why they need to move some guys. However, they do have Ryan Little on permanent LTIR at this point. Yeah, he'll be on LTIR for this season for sure. So they really don't have as much of a cap problem as they do a cash problem, but they're managing it just fine. Um, I'm surprised that they don't have deals for Niku and and Harkins already. Um, I would expect one of these guys on their current NHL roster probably loses a job to Sammy Niku at some point, but... yeah. You would think so. Um, they're they're also you know probably don't need Cole Perfetti this year. I mean, it it seems like it's pretty easy for them to jump into him next year. They have Lowry as a UFA. They have Perot as a UFA. A lot of guys that he could step in and replace in twenty one twenty two. You know, a Uyghur. I hadn't I hadn't seen Friedman's thing um, about Uyghur and Jost, but. That would have made a lot of sense before Taves. That would have made a lot of sense, actually. Mackenzie Weger is really underrated. I mean, I think Taves is significantly better. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the move they made was way better than than what Weger for Jost would have been, but it yeah. would have been a fair move for both sides. But anyway, well, that's, I, mean, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that. That's actually interesting. If we're going down that rabbit hole... If you're going out and getting a Mackenzie Weger, that's the guy you have to not be afraid to sit to play Bowen Byram, I think. Whereas with Taze, you say you load that guy up in your top four and you don't worry about it. You sit someone else. Yeah. So it's it makes the, the decisions a little bit easier, I think, going out and getting a Taze. Yeah. Well, and, and Taze is like a surefire top four guy right, for you. Exactly. And, and Weger is like a, we really like his analytics. Maybe he's We'd really, really yeah. It's kind of it's very Burkowski esque, yeah. Uh, but for the defenseman side, uh, whereas getting Taves is like, nope, we're gonna pull a really good top four defender off of one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. We're just gonna put him in our lineup. So, <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny. Jost, his value actually, in my opinion, went up this off season simply because he's cheap. And in a market in a market where money is an extreme problem for everybody, teams, yep. A cost efficient player that's you know if if just whatever his qualifying offer was, I should really just look at it someday. Um, but if like his. Just the value. The yeah, like yeah. if if he's a million dollar player and he goes out there and he scores ten goals and gives you fifteen assists, you've gotten it, it's very cost efficient. Yep. 
And that's teams are teams are desperate for cost efficiency right now. <laughs> I should say they're desperate for one million dollar NHL players. <laughs> yeah, cheap NHL players at at any cost. A little bit yeah. it seems like, but um, yeah, this is. I mean, look, here's what Winnipeg has going for them, right? Their goalie position is solved for the foreseeable future. They don't have to worry about that at all. Uh, they have still a strong top six as, as long as even with Brian Little out of the picture, they have big pieces there given that they haven't moved Patrick line. A. You're not worried about them continuing to produce on the top end. Yeah. So it doesn't feel to me like they rounded out extremely well. Yes. Adding Paul Stastny to that forward core is great, but I don't know. They, they they feel like they're still a couple pieces away from really contending to me. Um, definitely. Like Paul Stasny two years ago as your two C was completely fine. Paul Stasny yep. today as your two C is gonna be a much tougher sell. But definitely better than what they have. And their top six is kind of set now and it's very good. You've they've got to they've gotta figure out what to do in that bottom six. Yeah, and defensively, like Dylan Demello was a revelation last year, but they gave that guy a four-year deal at three million dollars. They need him to be a revelation I times think, two. Like I don't, I don't mind the Demello deal, but they it, they just need him to work out. Like that's a yeah, that's a career that's journeyman that's who's been dying for opportunity. He got one last year. He played really well. He earned a contract. Now he has to live up to a contract. What happens when the carrot of security is no longer dangled in front of him? He has it now. Now let's see how he responds. I, it's just not the biggest question to me in their defense. Is, it's is, definitely not. But <laughs> Neil Pionk is the same thing. He's got to go yes, and do it again. 100%. Josh Morrissey has to have a much better year than he did last year. He just wasn't very good. He has to prove that he's a legitimate top pairing D or they're in trouble if, if Morrissey doesn't. But because between like their top pairing is probably Morrissey and, and Pionk. Yep. Or DeMello if they, how they want, depending on how they want to do it. And then we after that, it's Pionk, but yeah. After that, you're having a conversation about a whole bunch of guys who are journeymen and third pairing guys. Yep. Nathan Bullio is fine. I've always liked him, but he's a third pairing guy. Derek Forport, third pairing guy. Lucas Pizza shouldn't even be in the NHL. Tucker Pullman shouldn't even be in the NHL. So they are in trouble. That's the abs have been there a couple of years ago, you know, building that, that defense, especially the bottom of it is tough. Yeah. Um, to answer some of these questions, I've just had a, just because I was satiating my own curiosity. Uh, Tyson Jost's qualifying offer is eight hundred and seventy-four thousand one hundred and twenty-five. So that's dirt cheap. So if somehow the ABS convince that dude to take that deal, <laughs> Jost, that's you're so, done here. Yep, that's so cheap for a dude who's going to give you twenty-five to thirty points. Yeah, for and for, and and at that money next year, not yeah. on an ELC anymore. You're like, okay, what it gives me. Yep. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's tackle this real quick. The, the chat wants to know power rankings for the central division next year. Colorado one. Yeah. I think it's Colorado one pretty easily. 
I'm going to give St. Louis the benefit of the doubt at two. Same. And then I think it's probably Winnipeg at three. Really? Yeah. I think Nashville's going to bottle it again. I don't think Saros can get them to where they need to be. I I mean, I was thinking maybe Dallas there. Uh, I have Dallas at four. Okay. I, I think Winnipeg is going to jump Dallas. I, I expect Dallas to look like the regular season Dallas at the end of the season last year, honestly. If Winnipeg gets the same goaltending from Hellebuck, I agree with you. Okay, that's fair. Um, otherwise, I think Dallas is three. Sure. I have Dallas four. I'm assuming you have Winnipeg four. I do. So there you go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to put Nashville five. Yeah, same. And then Chicago six, Minnesota seven, because Minnesota's going to suck. I think we agree on that. Yeah, um, I think Minnesota's headed for a bottom five season yeah, in the NHL. I agree. Chicago's kind of the wild card. If if Kane and Taze have career years, they're always going to be competitive. But See, I, I think Chicago, um, my baseline for them is about 80 points. And if they do 10 points better, 10 points worse, right. I, could, I totally, see that. Yeah. <laughs> I could see either one of those. Volatile team. Yeah, I don't. I don't see for Chicago. I don't see them absolutely bottoming out, unless unless like they just can't get goaltending. Yeah, like if they if they as a team if they can't even get nine hundred goaltending because they are rolling the dice on a total unknown in Lankanen and then knowns in Subban and Delia as not backups. (laughs) Yeah, as not NHL starters. So the goaltending is the only thing that makes me maybe want to put Chicago below Minnesota. I just but can't from like, it, yeah. yeah, from a talent perspective, you're just ranking talent and not how it might. Cause like if they get 890 goaltending, I don't care who your forwards are. Your forwards could be team Canada. You're not winning. Yeah. True enough. So, you know, like it just undoes all of it. Scoring is just too hard in the NHL that if you're just giving up four freebies a night, <laughs> you're just not going to win games. Um, but I think definitely from just a raw talent, Minnesota's definitely last. Chicago's right there. Um, I, you know, goaltending, I think, is going to be the big X factor. I think that, that, that our three, four, and five are very close together. Yes. Any I, any order of finishing. Someone goes on a hot streak and then that middle section and they're talking about the third seed in the West or in the definitely. Central. Yeah. And we saw it this year. The, those teams went on streaks. Each one of those teams had hot streaks yep. and they all finished within a couple of points of each other. Had the season you know, played out, there were a lot of people saying Winnipeg was going to catch Dallas. So they were going to Dallas was com- Dallas had totally fallen apart, and they, I yep. think they I think they were only two points back at the end. Yep. So it was like they had they had caught them essentially because it was like Dallas and Colorado were sprinting for home ice. Yep. Behind St. Louis, and then those three teams were all going up, 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 and then. And then Dallas hit the cliff. Yeah, Dallas. The other two teams just kept going up, 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 and Dallas just stayed. <laughs> they just put the they put the car in neutral. Yep. While everybody else was still going forward, they were in neutral. And 
that's one reason. Like, had that season finished, like Dallas, we're talking about Dallas is like a maybe like a ninety point team, ninety two point team. Like they yep. were not. Which is another reason why it's like, look, dude, they made the Cup Finals. Yep. You get they hot goaltending, you catch some breaks, and anything can happen. They caught so many breaks. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Matt Kachuk injured in the first round. Colorado's injuries. Then they got the hot goaltending out of out of Kudobin. I think he had a. Yep. I think it he had was, a nine fifty yeah. in that series. It was absurd. And then they and ran then, into an absolute buzzsaw. But <laughs> and and then what should have happened to them against against Colorado happened to them in the final. Yep. So it is what it is. But it's I'm always going to look back at that Dallas run and just be mystified at how it happened. It made no sense whatsoever. It went against all the things that like you think you know about how to be successful on yep. an extended period of time. Yep. I'm when just, you're hot, you're hot. I don't know. COVID Cup was weird, man. Strange um, times. I'm so excited for next season, though. I'm same, especially like we just went through the division, and this is this is the first time where you in, feel confident about the Avs being number one. Exactly. In in certainly in my time covering the Avs professionally, um, that that I I definitely feel Colorado is the runaway most talented team in the division. This is and I like. Mean- <laughs> This is really the first year in, or I guess last season was the first year in like seven, eight years where you're like, this should be a playoff team 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, this should be a top three in the division team easily. And they yep. were. Yep. Like, they were. They were two They were two points behind being first place in the West. They were second in the West. Yep. And they were headed to be the third seed. Like, And they got better. Yeah, I you look at you look at where we're talking about some of the trade-offs that like Nashville made. You know, like yeah. their bottom six got a lot better, but their top six got a lot worse for for right now without you know knowing the future is yeah. a different story, but like if they add Mike Hoffman, I think that helps that I think that's actually a great fit for them. They're just a pure goal scorer. Problem is he's terrible defensively, so that's not going to go well for them. Um that that aspect of it. But the only team in the Central Division that I think has like Dallas didn't do anything to get to make themselves worse. They just stayed exactly the same. Yep. Colorado's the only team that I think has a that has clearly moved forward. The only guy they've lost off their NHL roster that they can't like replace is Zadorov. Even they, I mean, they got taste, like right. But I mean, like I mean, like I, I that understand stylistically of, very. Yes, sure. that's what I'm saying. But if you're talking about skill level, you moved out Zadorov and you brought in a top four D. On the front yeah. side, you lost Nieto and Nemesnikov, but you brought in Brandon Saad, a top six yeah. forward. And you're going to replace the bottom six guys internally with young kids that you think are better. Yeah, exactly. And the same, the same thing is happening on the defense, like. You lose Kevin Connaughton, you're replacing him with Bowen Byram. Giggle, 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 giggle. Exactly. So, um, this this is actually a great question from Jay. Um, they've talked about the All Canadian Division. If they won't, because of the border right. being a problem Playing when they start next season, yeah. if if Colorado and Vegas are in the same division, who's the best team? 
I think it's still Colorado. I think it's really close, though. But yeah, it, they are one two. I like the Razor's Edge. Forward core, I give to Colorado. Yes, for sure. Um, the just the McKinnon Kadri combination puts them ahead, but also Rantanen kind of like it's like Rantanen negates Stone, we, and we talked about it a little bit. If they somehow had Nate Schmidt still and Alex Petrangelo, I think I'd probably give it to Vegas. But It'd be don't. yeah. So def- but de- so defensively, do you do you give it to Vegas because of Petrangelo? They have that bona fide top end guy that Colorado doesn't. Ask because again we- after we've seen forty games of Byram. <laughs> well, I, I, well, and I mean, ask again after we've seen forty games of year two Kale McCarr, which that too, yeah, we have seen in every single place, every single stop the of McCarr's career has been baller. <laughs> the second year, he absolutely destroyed the AJHL. Yep. Like won every two, yeah. every single award imaginable in the AJHL. In the second year of his college career, he leads UMass <laughs> to the national championship. He was like what two points away from being the first defenseman ever to win the scoring title in yes. NCAA. Yep. So year two Kale McCarr has always been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see, like, we kind of like we're talking about like oh Bowen but Devon Taves and but year two Kale McCarr has a chance to take the leap from historic rookie season to okay well it's really cute that he finished eighth place in Norris voting now he's winning the Norris <laughs> you know like that's kind of that's a realistic possibility of him taking a, a leap like that and and Jay alludes to the problem here. Assuming Robin Leonard is healthy, yeah. Vegas has a big edge in the goaltending marks position. Big? Uh, medium large. How about that? Uh, let's I think I disagree. You don't think Levin Leonard's that big of a difference over Grubauer? If they're both healthy, no. Look, I tell you, I think Leonard's better. I think I think there's a, a a good tenth of a save percentage difference there. Yeah, but you're talking about that's a goal difference, and maybe that's the difference in the series. Look, it was yeah. the difference the one time that they played each other in the bubble. <laughs> right. It was one saves difference. I get that, but um, I don't know that I don't I don't know that flower flurry current present form flurry. I don't I don't know that he has much of an upgrade over Francois. I would probably call that a wash today. I, honestly, I'm not even worried about talking about backup goalies. That's something you deal with in the season. If you're talking yeah. about teams best on best. Well, I'm talking I mean I'm talking about if they end up in a division together because they have to change the division for I know the season. Like, who's going for the first seed? Backups are going to matter. Um yeah, I don't think when when you say backups matter and you have arguably the two best teams in the division playing each other. They're not going to play their backups against each other. That's not what I mean. I mean, I'm talking about in a 50 game season. I know what you're, you're saying. Trying to get I to know the, what you're saying. You're talking about a playoff series, and I'm talking about trying to get the trying to get I home ice advantage. But I don't. Uh, assuming you have a solid backup, which I think both of these teams do. I well, I would agree. It's more about how you activate your backups, how you use them, than 
like you said, the, if their talent is a wash, that's a strategy thing more than the, the players themselves. I think I think where I would put it is we didn't decide which which team has a better goaltending or I'm sorry, a better defense advantage here. Because I I think they're just they're different. Yeah. The Vegas's problem is their depth sucks. If Colorado is seriously playing Bo and Byram on their third pairing, you have to take Colorado's pairing. Yep. Or their depth. Right. Because Vegas is going to be playing Zach Whitecloud and Nick Holden. Like, so. Yeah. True. Which, um, those are NHL dudes, but they don't have the upside. Right. But it's like Graves and Cole. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Colorado's advantage at forward is bigger than Vegas's advantage in net. Yeah, I mean, especially with the addition of Sod, because I really liked. It's, it's tough. It, what what are they gonna get this year at March or so? I think is a big question for Vegas. On I mean, I think side. the the I think Vegas's problem is that those guys are good, not great, and like they have you know Stone and Patcher. Stone is amazing, yeah, and Patcheretti is very good, and then William Carlson. Like the drop off happens fast. Right. William Carlson is 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 very good. Ish. I mean, I'm I struggle with Carlson as a one C because I think he's so. I don't. I he's not a one C. I straight up like William Carlson was not even on a twenty goal pace last year. Well, and and like I, and that's that's what I'm saying. Can they get? They're never going to get the the point per game William Carlson they got their first year. But can they get a sixty point player William Carlson? Yeah, who they got their second year. And right. like he he was fine, but now he's gone from 78 to 56 to 46. Now granted, the 46, you know, you you tack on another 10 games there and who knows, right? Yeah. But the point is that he's declined each of those years. He's gone from 43 goals to 24 to 15. Yep. And like I um, said, even in an 82 game season, he was on pace for less than 20 this year. Yeah. So. And then Taking Stasny out as the the kind of the stabilizer at two C, you know now they're relying on Cody Glass. Yep. Some uncertainty yeah. there. Anyway. Well, and and like, does Peyton Krebs make the jump? That's I think I. This is this is why I'm taking Colorado's forward core and saying that their advantage is bigger because the difference between. Nathan McKinnon and William Carlson is gigantic. Yeah, for sure. And the difference between Nazem Kadri and pick a second line center for Vegas is he is arguably even bigger. Without knowing for sure what Cody Glass is going to be yet, then as of today, I think that the difference is pretty pretty freaking big. And then like Comfer and Belmar, you know, Jost, whatever, whatever, whoever ends up the centers in the bottom six. I think it's probably pretty close to a wash. Yeah. But I I tell you, man, just at the at the top of that, the they're built from the wing in. And that's how many times do we see teams struggle with that? 
I do wonder how much Petrangelo helps them offensively there. I think he helps like the power play. You think not that much of a difference five on five? I I think he helps them. They were already really good at driving play. And sure. so I think he just makes them better. Yeah. In the same way that Taves and Saad just make Colorado better at what they already did. Yeah. And I think that Vegas is I, I Schmidt Schmidt was good at that. Like he sure. was well Not, he was he, solid at he that. He wasn't Petrangelo though. Right. And Petrangelo certainly makes them better at it. Shea Theodore obviously won one more year, much better. The Alec Martinez on their second pairing next to who exactly is is really the question. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think the easiest way to do it is just to say screw it. Let's drop these two teams in the West Conference Finals and let them figure it out. Just duke it out. I'm I'm all for it. That's. I kind of want it because I think they're the two best teams and I want to see it, but I kind of don't because Vegas has existed for three years and they've gone to the conference finals t- twice. Yeah. And that's all right. Avs mm-hmm. need to face Vegas in the second round and eliminate them. And then Vegas will have been eliminated in every round of the playoffs in their first four years of existence. There you go. And then year five, they can miss all together. Yeah, exactly. And then they've had the whole spectrum. Yeah. And then year six, maybe they can win it. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Colorado's Cup. The Stay next, away. the next three. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't know, man. You look at the West. Is there anybody else out west that you're really? No. Nobody from the Pacific that you're afraid of outside of Vegas. Like, you're not afraid of Vancouver. Honestly, no. Especially Markstrom walked. I mean, that's a big old bet on Thatcher Demko. I would be a lot more nervous about Edmonton because I really like the offseason that they had. If they weren't Edmonton? if I mean, not even just that, man, but Koskinen and Smith again? Yeah. Uh, okay. They're not going to have Clefbaum probably either. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Clefbaum, that's where I was saying yesterday, maybe they try and make a move for Ian Cole. A, a, an Ian Cole-ish yeah. type dude, sure. If that, a, you know, a dude they can pick up for one year, yeah, yeah, and and like obviously Ian Cole's not Oscar Clubbaum, like, but they need uh, a defense, yeah. but they, but you know, are they the, for some reason they don't appear excited to let Evan Bouchard make the leap. So if they want to one more year to to baby him and have him play down in Bakersfield, then. That's where you're, you know, maybe you get an Ian Cole type. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you get a Ryan Graves type. Yeah, Vancouver's D sucks. Not worried about it. Right. I'm out west, I'm I'm kind of just like I the I think the Pacific is so unknown. Yeah. You know, I think San Jose, if San Jose gets good goaltending, I think they'll be competitive. They had a lot of injuries last year that really sunk them. Um and they have a lot of top end guys that I think could still make some noise. They, look, there's plenty of teams in the, the Pacific that can make noise, but in a series, if I'm the Avs, I'm not worried about them. Yeah. Uh, Calgary hadn't done anything to get better. Yeah, no. That team's bad. <laughs> I mean, they've done, uh, they've lost a ton on the back end. They lost TJ Brody, uh, and they replaced him with Chris Tanev, who's not very good anymore. Yep. 
So yeah, Anaheim's irrelevant. Markstrom could really help them though. Like Markstrom could be a big thing for for Calgary. Uh, yeah, man. on that contract, he freaking better be, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they went all in on it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I think. Um. Um. I. You know. I'm. I think there are solid teams out west, but again, this this did not materialize into the West Arms race that we're kind of accustomed to. Yeah. Um, and and it ended up being Colorado and Vegas. It ended up being the teams at the top, Just Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis. <laughs> all made the biggest additions out West. It's just that St. Louis's biggest addition came after the biggest loss, after the biggest loss, who then went to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. Um, I, I just, the best teams got better or came close to it. Like St. Louis is sort of like, they got worse, but they managed it as best as they possibly could have. The rich get richer. And that helps the Avs for once. Yeah. Yeah. The Avs in Vegas decided not to pay taxes this year, and it was fine. <laughs> All the other teams had to pay the COVID tax. All right. Well, I think that pretty much sums up the Central. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, we're just bullshitting. Yeah. Our, our shows have been long lately. So, yeah. Well, we're getting, we're getting right on the precipice of, oh, God, we have nothing to talk yeah, about. We're going to go back to 30, 38 minute shows. True. You know? true very true so we got to get it out while we still can yeah um we are going to get out of here for the day though of course presented by DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there with a bunch of amazing awesome bets they have different odds boosts every single day so if you're looking to make a little bit of extra cash on your bets always be sure to check those and if you're a new user they're bringing back their offer of a bonus of up to a thousand dollars when you sign up with code dnvr be sure to jump on that and get your money to play with uh, a bunch of other boosts as well uh, they always have football boosts where you can bet on whoever coming up in week six. Now that week five is is properly over. And if you want to get crazy with your bets, they offer all sorts of crazy stuff, whether it be esports, basketball in Europe, uh, hockey in Europe, you name it. You can bet on just about anything. Basketball in particular, you get a 200% profit boost on any bet you make on basketball right now. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that $1,000 bonus. Again, DNVR is the promo code for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all y'all hanging out and asking questions. We're happy to answer them. So if you want to you want to get at us, hang out at the end of a show and, and be in the YouTube chat until tomorrow. We will talk to y'all later. <laughs>